What's up, everybody? Welcome to Same Team, an LGBTQ sports podcast. I am your host, Daniel Trainer. How are you? Thank you very much for listening. This is our first episode of 2019. How about that? And we are kicking things off with a bang, if I do say so myself. My guest today is Fred Rosser, perhaps best known as Darren Young from WWE. Darren, a former WWE tag team champion in his time there, an illustrious career in and out of world wrestling entertainment. It was really an honor to chat with him. If you've listened to this podcast at all before, even a little bit, you might know that I myself am a huge pro wrestling fan, so it was really fun to get the opportunity to chat one-on-one. We talk about his childhood growing up, particularly his relationship with his father. We talk about the grind of being an independent professional wrestler, particularly one who is living in the closet. Then his path to the WWE. Uh, Of note here... Fred talks about coming out and the coming out process and how it happened. He mentions coming out on TMZ, spur of the moment, and that's exactly what happened. Back in 2013, he was at LAX by himself. A cameraman came up to him, asked a totally innocuous question about whether or not a gay professional wrestler could exist in WWE. And right there, without any forethought, without any planning, Fred came out. On camera, So there's some background there. Fred also talks about his Block the Hate movement, which has really become kind of the guiding force in his life since he left WWE a couple of years ago. Block the Hate is an anti-bullying initiative, not just for LGBTQ youth, but for people of all backgrounds and races and religions and sexual orientations. Fred has really become an incredible motivational speaker and person of substance and support in the community. He's taken this next step post-WWE in in such a beautiful way. We talk a lot about that. At the end of the podcast, though, we talk about what 2019 might hold for him. And by the sounds of it, we can expect to see Fred in the ring a lot more, which is very, very exciting. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you to Fred for the time. Enough of me. Let's get into it. My one-on-one chat with Fred Rosser, a.k.a. Darren Young from WWE. I can say as a, a lifelong diehard wrestling fan and, and a fan of yours for many years, um, uh, this is a thrill. So thanks for taking the time. Since I came out of the wound, I've been a fan. Since I came out of the wound, my it, friend. It, I'm telling you, it really is. I mean, I, there are videos of me at like three years old with a championship belt around my waist complaining about the fact that Roddy Piper lost. And it's, it's been, it's been a lifelong fandom. I have to say. Cool, dude. Cool. So so this is cool. Yeah. I mean, when I, when I started this uh, podcast, you were one of the guys at the top of the list, maybe the guy at the top. So this is uh, this is exciting. I'm I'm happy. It's finally happening. Absolutely. So um, I, I always like to sort of start at the beginning a little bit. Can you tell me just a little bit about your childhood growing up and, and what that was like for you? Sure. Can, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I got you good. Okay. Um, <clears throat> uh, you know, as a kid, um, born November 2nd, 1983, um, born and raised in New Jersey, dirty Jersey, I like to call it. Uh, about 20 minutes from the George Washington Bridge, not too far from New York. And um, I was the only child growing up. And uh, I just fell in love with the wrestling business. I was very, um, just very laser-like focused. It was something I wanted to do. And my dad was a big fan. And anytime I mention my dad, uh, I always say that he always had a, had a hot meal on the table for me. And 
and, and he had wrestling on. And when he had wrestling on, he didn't just have one TV on. He had three TVs on in the living room. He had uh, Raw, Nitro, and uh, Monday Night Football. So we were watching wow. everything. So, um, <clears throat> you know, moving forward uh, through elementary school, high school, it was just something that kids that I meet um, that I haven't seen in 15 years, they say what I was doing. I was reading wrestling magazines. I was uh, joining the school wrestling team so I can, so I could uh, rough house and body slam people when I'm not supposed to, you know, and get in trouble, get in sure. trouble on purpose. You know, I just love that drama and what I've seen on TV. I, I brought it to my life and I followed my dreams since I came out the wound. See, because I, I think a lot of people have that same story in the sense that, like myself, I grew up a huge wrestling fan, and I, my brother and I would put on shows for our parents. We would choreograph stuff. We would do music, do all that stuff. I love that. But when did it switch for you to become something that you were actually going to pursue? Because, you know, people who get into wrestling, it's so interesting to me because it's not like you know, your parents just decide to put you in Little League or, or something like that. <laughs> Following wrestling is such a choice, you know? So when did that when did that happen? Well, I didn't tell my parents a year in until I was already training in West Patterson, New Jersey. A year? What, what, what did you tell them you were doing? Uh, I was in school at the time. Oh, so okay. I was... I was going to Fairleigh Dickinson University in Teaneck, and my wrestling school wasn't too far from there. So right out of high school and in college, I uh, pursued the independence uh, training in a in a garage. And the one thing that um, I'll always uh, take out of training in a garage is I was taught how to be professional. I was taught how to wear have tights and boots. I was taught how to, you know, have proper wrestling backstage edit because any industry has edit. So uh, I learned how to do it properly in West Patterson. And I didn't tell my family a year in. And, and the first day I stepped foot in a ring was September 11, 2002, a year after 9-11. Wow. What, yep. So what, when, you eventually, when you eventually told your, your family, how'd they react? Um, my dad was supportive. Uh, he, in the way he's supportive, he he, he he doesn't say much. He doesn't he he doesn't. He's more like, oh, if I got a B, how come I didn't get an A? Or if I'm second on JV, you know, well, how come how come I'm not starting? You know, so right. But it was never good enough for him. But he was always there for me at my games, even when I uh when even when I didn't tell him about it. He he knew when the games were. He knew when my wrestling matches were. As I got older, and he would just show up. I was uh, who was I telling recently? I was telling. Um, I, I had made a comment on Chris Jericho's uh, on on one of his posts about his dad. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, you know, my dad would uh, he would just show up to my independent wrestling shows within the last fifteen plus years. He would just show up in the crowd. Like if wow. I didn't tell him about a show, he would just show up in the crowd. And like I, I said to Chris, he was like the black sting to me, you know, like he, he was just mysterious. <laughs> he, he, yeah. he would just show he would just show up in the crowd and like I, I, I call him the black sting. <laughs> I like that. So, I mean, it, you know, 
can you talk about the independent wrestling scene a little bit and that lifestyle? Because, you know, as a huge wrestling fan, I I sort of know what it's like, although, of course, I I don't know as well as you and a lot of other people. I I sort of have a feel for it. But for people who might not be as familiar with independent wrestling, can you talk about what that life is like, that grind? Well, for me, um, performing in front of 25 people to... 20,000 people, you know, I performed, you know, at WrestleMania in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, but like average crowds, you know, 10, 15,000, um, going in front of 25 to that kind of number. I really appreciate the business and, um, and I appreciate the grind that it took me to get there. It wasn't easy. I w- I'm not a football player that just, walked in the front door um i had the door shut my face so many times from 2002 to 2009 may 4th 2009 is when i earned my contract in front of 75 guys and girls from all over the world yeah i beat them all i beat them all out and it was me and aj lee that got signed that day yeah may 4th may 4th 2009 but i'm familiar with wrestling in arenas with no shower and no toilet um I'm, I'm familiar with performing in front of 10, 15, 20 people. Um, and I always tell new students, the true test is uh, performing in front of people that don't know who you are. You know, you can f- perform in front of your family and your friends, you know, on student shows, but sure. go- going out there in front of a, a crowd that they don't know who you are, that's the true test because um, over time, you know, getting those reps and getting those experiences, uh, for me personally, if I don't get a reaction when I come out, I'm going to make sure that I'm getting a reaction walking out, you know, so sometimes yeah. you just got to prove and you just got to prove yourself. And that's, that's the mentality I still going today. You know, they might not know Mr. No Days Off Fred Rosser, you know, they might, it mm-hmm. might take them a while. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's Darren. Yeah. He was prime fine player. Oh, he was with Bob back. It might take them a while because I go by my government name now and, you know, yeah. I look a little bit. I look a little bit leaner and trimmer and all that other good stuff. Um, but I, I know what it's like to grind and be a local extra enhancement talent with WWE. You know, I've had previous uh, relations with WWE before I got signed in 2009, being an extra, you know, being invited yeah. by being invited by one of the head trainers at the time, Dr. Tom Pritchard who I owe uh, my career to because uh, he gave me an opportunity as a scout uh, from 2002 uh, to the time I got signed. He was very supportive and he always took a liking to me and I never wanted to let down any trainer. You know, I never wanted to half step uh, or, or, or take a day off, you know, no point intended uh, with any, any of the trainers because, you know, um, I, I love them all and they, all gave me the benefit of the doubt and I tried so hard and eventually um, I made it to the main roster and that was uh, if I can rewind back to my last independent wrestling match yeah. was against was against Big Daddy V oh, wow. and uh, and I mentioned him because after I was after it was all said and done uh, he told me backstage after our match uh, he's like you know what something boy you're gonna be up on the main roster within 10 months. Oh, wow. You know, and, and like 
you know, I'm just like, I'm just, I'm happy I got signed. I'm happy he, you know, I wrestled Big Daddy V and um, uh, he was right because I got brought up to the original NXT, the, yeah. the, the obstacle, uh, the obstacle course that still gives me nightmares today, but that's, an, <laughs> that's, that's another story. But yeah, I'm very, I'm very familiar with the grind and I'm more excited about 2019 because you know like i'll be honest with you 2017 broke me when i got released you know but 2018 opened my eyes to a lot of things and um i promised myself i didn't make any promises on on social media i made a promise to myself that 2019 moving forward is going to be my year well i i i i I get the sense um that you feel now like probably the most fully realized version of yourself. Would that be me putting something on you? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like um, before I came out on independence to, you know, hide my identity and to sound more masculine, I would cut promos like this. And my independent wrestling name was Bone Crusher Fred Sampson. And I had a ball head and I had a chain around my neck and I would talk like this. Uh, One one of the reasons I spoke like that was because I was a big fan of the franchise Shane Douglas, and he had that raspy voice about him. Yeah, yeah. And also, I did it in a way to make myself sound more tough and more, you know, masculine. And thank goodness I came out, uh, and I was now able to be myself and not have to talk like this, and I could talk to you the way I'm talking to you. Yeah. So. Well, uh, Let's get yes. into that a little bit. I mean, when so when when you're brought up to WWE and they when they hire you in 09, are they aware of your sexuality? Is that something that you were open with uh with them or, and with everybody around you at that point in time? Absolutely not. I was closeted. No one knew. You asked Randy Orton and there's an interview with Randy Orton when he was first asked, uh, did you know about Darren Young? And uh, he had no clue. No one had a clue. Yeah, I remember that. Um, No one had a clue. Uh, And it was until I met, you know, uh, my partner down in Miami that uh, him and I fell in love. And him and I are still good friends to to this day. He's doing his thing. I'm doing my thing. Uh, But I was tired of living a lie. I was tired of... Be, being affectionate behind closed doors and then and then coming out in public and being like any other normal couple. So, sure. um, you know, my goal was to be like any other normal couple, be able to hold hands and be affectionate, you know, so. So the process of you coming out to people within the company, I mean, it, it sort of sounds like you really needed to kind of really fully come out to yourself first. But then when when do you start coming out to other wrestlers? When do you start coming out to to your colleagues and people around you? Well, first, I came out to my family because my family knows me better than anything. You know, sure. uh, they didn't know they didn't know about this because I they I hit it. You know, they didn't know about this struggle, this this weight. I was uh, on my shoulders um, because I hit it so well with girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, well, how did it go when you came out to your family? Yeah, it, um, it it was very, it was very uh, uh, uplifting because uh, I told my mom 
I told my uh, I, I told my grandfather, who's 93 years old right now, and you know he and he's old school. And, mm-hmm. and my grandfather, and when he found out, he said, "I don't give a damn if my grandson's green, yellow, blue, red. That's my grandson, and I love him." There you go. So it's beautiful. I was I was very he he was very supportive of my uncle, uh, who one of my uncles who's in the military, who's very militant. Uh, was very supportive of me. So having that inner circle and my best friends, my two best friends, I told uh, and all this all at the same time, because I think I probably told one person and then it was a domino effect. So that circle of my friends told, told one another that, you know, Fred's not doing so well. Yeah. Um, And we have to support him. So first and foremost, when I had that army of family, uh, I'm unstoppable. So, um, I had the support of them, but eventually, years later, uh, I met my partner, my boyfriend down in Miami, and I was just tired of it. I was just tired of it. Yeah. Who did you come out to first in WWE? I didn't come out to anyone. I didn't come out to anyone. Until you made it, until you sort of made it officially, publicly. Until I made it publicly, um, I, n- no one knew. So then, no when when that happens, when you show up to the arena the next day, what is that like? Are you nervous? Are you scared? Well, when it all went down, I called WWE right away and I said, "Listen, this is what happened." Because at the time, we didn't have a relationship with TMZ. Now we have kind of a working relationship with TMZ. If John Cena is going to be doing something in New York. Well, let's get TMZ down there to ask them, ask him questions. So now we have a working relationship. But back in 2013, uh, we didn't have a working relationship with uh, TMZ. So when I came out, I said what I said. And I thought it was the worst decision I made in my life. And I immediately called WWE. And um, I talked to Jane Getty, who was in charge of the talent at the time. uh, And... She assured me everything was going to be okay because she was also LGBTQ as well. Mm. And um, she was supportive. And uh, I came out on the news and one of the first people to call me was Mark Henry. Uh, Again, a lot of people called me, blew up my phone and everything. Um, uh, But Mark Henry was one guy and I always tell this story because he said it was okay that, that I tell it and, and I'm probably going to tell it anyway but um, <laughs> well, I, f- I feel much better that we have his blessing yeah um, he said when he writes a book one of the chapters is going to be hashtag insert foot and mouth because when when I came before I came out uh, and I had got brought up on the road new new NXT superstar with the seven of us or whatever, uh, seven, eight of us. And um, I come in the locker room and he said, boy, at the time, why do you got your hair blonde and spiky and the gold sequences around your head makes you look gay? Oh, wow. So I, I was like gasping for air. And this was before I came. This was before I came out. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah. I was new. Uh, I came up on the roster 2010 and maybe 2013, I, I, I guess I came out and 
Yeah, that's such a that's such a long time for you to be just living this life with this with this major company on TV doing all this stuff that that had to have been so difficult. Not to interject into your Mark Henry story, which I want to hear the end of, but I'm just sitting here thinking about how difficult that must have been for years just to be sitting on this. Oh man, uh, well I'm 35, so for 30 years, just imagine your most downest moment in your life. Your most downest moment in your life at times it by 20. You know, that's how I felt. And and you're I on I mean, and you're on TV. I, yeah, and I just wasn't I wasn't natural. I was a little bitch on the Nexus because I was closeted, you know. I was yeah, you know, we're all hanging out, we're all getting to know each other. It's just fearful. It's just it's just unheard of. Um so Well finish your finish your Mark Henry story. So me being a newbie in the locker room and Mark saying what he said, uh, why you got your hair like that, boy, makes you look gay, and me gasping for air. Um, yeah, I mean, I was I, I was shocked. I said, Mark, I was stuttering over my words. I said, Mark, I'm just trying to be different. I'm trying to just stand out. Um, and uh, fast forward to when I came out, he was one of the first guys to call me up the next day. And he said, how come you didn't tell me, man? I was like, Mark, man, I was just so fearful and everything. And um, he gave me a big hug. And he has family that are LGBTQ. And um, uh, those are some of his favorite people, uh, he told me. Um, But he said that he felt like an idiot for saying that. You know, that's why when he writes a book, he said he would include me in include me in it hashtag insert foot and mouth so uh <laughs> but it was just like guys like randy orton guys like big show uh bray Wyatt, guys th- that just welcome me with open arms and those are the guys that you know i look up to and um i, tra- I traveled with many years and um being on tour with those guys is just so much fun because they they never put any pressure on me because they they knew who I was, you know. Well, it must have been so have... freeing to to after all this time to be worried about what people were going to think. It must have just been an incredible experience to be out and, and and just as accepted by everybody around you. That had to have just been such an incredible feeling. You know, I would say if I would have done this for the money, I, I would have complained a long time ago, man. I I I, <laughs> I love the I love the business so much, you know, but also being my truthful self is very important my own happiness is more important than any one thing and uh just not having to go to strip clubs anymore to fit in <laughs> and like thank goodness like if i go there or if they want to go there i might joke around and say oh let's go to uh, uh all male one just joking around and like um because i don't like those kinds of places uh, i'm just not <laughs> not your, not your vibe yeah, not my vibe, you know. Fair enough. Anymore, I'm, I'm too old. But oh come on, uh, you're th- you, how old? You're thirty five. Yeah, thirty five. I'm too old. old. Give me a break. But uh, yeah, I don't have to go to strip clubs anymore. Thank goodness, or like hang out in bars, like to fit in. No, this is who I am. I like going hiking. I like going rock climbing. I like being active. I yeah. love working out. It's not a chore for me. I love health. Health is wealth. So. Um, yeah, that's that. So how when you do come out, how much thought, if any, was given to really sort of exploring your sexuality within your character in WWE? Were, were those conversations ever had? Uh, 
Well, with Vince, uh, he, he, he was very supportive of me when I came out and he said he wouldn't like to do that as a storyline. Uh, I said, sure, no problem. Um, and like, I wasn't opposed to it, you know, but I believe being gay comes in all different sizes and shapes and uh, personalities. You know, I'm a masculine guy. You know, there are some gays that are more feminine. So uh, as an athlete, I'm all about being gay being, again, all different sizes and shapes and skin colors. So, yeah, I mean, because I, I think about that all the time and I, I've had other wrestlers on this show before and we we sort of talked about this as well but the idea of somebody in wwe or or some major wrestling corporation or company really sort of being a fully realized and actualized lgbtq person because i you know i guess in wwe now we have sonia deville but you know sonia's character i don't i I don't think her sexuality is necessarily really present really or, or a part of her character do you think that it could work in WWE now, do you think there could be um, a gay wrestler who really embraces that and that's at the forefront of their persona? Well, uh, you know, um, I'm not the first one and I'm not the last one. Uh, I'm just the first guy to come out publicly yeah, while still yeah. under, while, you know, while still under contract. Um, but I mean, if I embrace the colors when I go out there. I embrace them, and 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 I embrace my block the hate movement. You know, so mm-hmm. you know, so, Sonya Deville has her way of expressing it um, through her through her social media, and same with me. So um, I think through through our social media and and not necessarily not necessarily in the ring is how a lot of us are embracing it. You know, the one independent wrestler, Paro, yeah. uh, he's a big, he, he's a big mean guy, you know, and, sure is. uh, and, uh, he, he, he might embrace the color subtlety. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm just happy at the end of the day being myself, you know, being myself and, and, and embracing the, the colors and embracing my block the hate movement that means the world to me yeah i, I you know you mentioned para we talk about sony i know that you've had a match with jake atlas who has been on this show before it it seems like there's such a groundswell of lgbtq talent in pro wrestling right now and i, I think a lot of that can can really be attributed to you um and your presence and 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 how vocal you've been you know do you where do you see that going? I mean, you know, you mentioned that there have you know there have always been, of course, LGBTQ wrestlers on the scene, but it, it seems like people are so much more free now to be out and to be proud and really push that. I mean, that must make you so happy and so proud to see. Well, we need more representation. Um, I feel I feel not only in wrestling but in all sports because. Um, you know, there's 7 billion people plus on this planet, so we're all different, uh, all sizes, shapes, skin colors, and, you know, we need more representation amongst athletes uh, because we need we need people to be on TV and say, well, if he can do it, I can do it. If he can, because if you give the LGBT community that support system, the sky's the limit. Like, Absolutely. if I would have had... If I would have had someone uh, that was out out and about in real life at, as an athlete 
wrestler um, out before me as a kid, then I'd have someone to look up to, you know. But like I said, I'm not the first and I'm not the last. But like I said, anytime with social media being so big, anytime um, I post something, because I always say that my Instagram, my Twitter or my open diary to the world. So anything I, I have ever posted always comes from the heart. So with social media, you can look at it in one of two ways. You can look at it to impact and motivate, or you can look at the shit on people. And I'm not going to be shitting on people. I'm going to be motivating people. You, you know, you talk about having people to look, to look up to. You must know that you are that person for so many people. I mean, I've talked to Jake has said that to me personally on the show before that without you, who knows if he exists, what, what sort of feedback do you get from young wrestlers? You, with how active you are on social media, you must get so many messages from people who are saying, because of you, I am here. I mean, what sort of stuff are you getting on, on I'm sure it's like a daily basis from kids who, who are young LGBTQ wrestling fans because for me you know I grew up in an era as a huge wrestling fan when being a gay wrestling fan felt wrong it sort of felt like the product was against me it sort of felt like I wasn't a part of the world and it made me a little bit nervous and now you know there's still a a ways to go I think you know you talk about representation um, but I think it's getting better because of people like you and because of storylines that are sort of existing now what sort of feedback do you get from people who have said hey I've pursued a wrestling career because of the fact that that you existed you see you keep mentioning Jake twice you know I love Jake I love Jake. Like, I I wrestled him. So I, if I could wrestle him every day, I'd love to wrestle him every day. I'd want to marry him. I told him that I want to marry him, he, but he's too young. He's too young. He's that way. He's twenty three. Wait, how how old is Jake? He's. I think he's twenty three, but he's too young. But I love. I literally love Jake, and this is the first time I'm you know saying it. He's he's such a cool dude. Jake's the best. Um, and he listens. He listened in the ring. He works hard. Uh, at Santino Brothers, and if I can do anything to help him out, um, I'm going to do it because I've been able to help out several friends. Um, and if I can help him get uh, signed, uh, man, it would mean the world to me. But he's going to do it. He's got so much time. You know, I told him I got signed at 25. Uh, you're 23, so just keep doing your thing, stay healthy, and Try to try to get signed before me, you know, like just, you know, like, yeah. you know, prove something, you know, let's, you know, let's see what you got, you know, and he's so good, man. He's so good in the ranks. So uh, be, being able to work him and uh, that's probably one of my top top five personal matches in my 15 plus year career. Oh, I love that. I can't. I mean, it's, it's incredible. And again, I, I, I mentioned this to Jake when I talked to him, but it's, you know, you 12 year old wrestling fan daniel couldn't have imagined that there would have been a match like that between two out gay proud professional wrestlers it's it's incredible so i'm only excited to see where it's going to go um from here and yeah i mean the sky's the limit for jake it's really going to be insane to see what he's able to accomplish um hell yeah so i mean when you look back overall on your experience with wwe is it all positive i mean how do you look back and and view it now well, it's all positive um, because I always say my fight is much more bigger than in the ring. It's outside of the ring, fighting bigotry and hatred and trying to be the voices of voices for the LGBT community or anyone that gets bullied for various reasons. 
Um, and you mentioned um, the impact that I've made on our youth. Yeah. Um, I'm not a I'm not a doctor, but social media is huge, and cyberbullying being the number one form of bullying, all form of bullying is bad, from adults to young kids. On a daily basis, I get messages uh, saying um, how much of a difference I have made in their life, um, and they enjoy my social media. Like they, like a lot of people more so, I've gotten the messages when, when I first came out, um, from all from the one the biggest stars of all time share. She contacted me on social media and said she had heard my story and because she had heard my story, one of her friends who's a big wrestling fan came out to his family. So she oh, thanked amazing. me. So it was that minute I knew that my story was a big deal. Yeah. So moving forward years later, I get more comments daily like, man, Keep it up with your social media. Your social media gets me motivated. It gets me inspired, you know? Well, I think um, you utilize that in, in such an important way because you're getting at young people, right? I mean, young people are the ones using social media. And for a lot of LGBTQ youth, that's their only view into this world. That's their only way for them to sort of tiptoe and, and, and sort of get any exposure into the culture. So I think that you're using it in such a smart, important way really being able, as I'm, as I'm sure you can sort of speak to, to impact young people. You know, I've met fans, I've met fans, and then I've had them contact me on social media, a direct message saying that they wanted to commit suicide because they want, because they wrote everything out, you know, and they're talking about committing suicide. And this is when I have to do private messages and on on the DM and say, hey, cut it out, you know, and talk them out of it and be a friend. And that's all I can do. And um, these people are doing well now. So uh, I still stay in contact with them on social media. I've even posted. Uh, I, I, I didn't share who it was, but I shared the content of what people were giving me, you know, and uh and and people were just blown away by it, you know, blown away. So just just to prove a point that it is real, you know, depression and all that stuff is real. And um, uh, just recently, when I was in North Carolina wrestling at a wrestling convention in Winston Salem, uh, I met several uh, transgender uh, fans, and I'm like, wow, this is the this is the dirty South, you know, and like. <laughs> yeah that stuff don't flow. Uh, sometimes that stuff don't flow in certain areas. And, uh, and, and there were people there that, you know, cried in my arms uh, saying that, uh, thank you, you know, thank you for doing what you do and um, being a mouthpiece for us, you know? And I always say none of, I always say none of us are as strong as all of us. So um, uh, anytime I post anything, it always comes from the heart and any, and every day I wake up in the morning and my feet touch the ground, I know someone's counting on me. So I, I, I just got to keep doing what I'm doing. My grandfather, 93 years old, always says one monkey don't stop no show. So uh, I got to <laughs> I, I have to keep it moving, baby. I love that. Uh, all right, uh, there have been some rumblings recently about, you know, your pro wrestling future. There have been some talks about maybe a meeting with WWE in L.A. recently. 
Can you talk at all about, you know, what the future holds for you from a wrestling perspective? Yeah, recently I was uh, at Survivor Series, which was about a year since my release, and I promised one of my YouTube friends that I would bring him to a wrestling show. And um, I brought him to a wrestling show, uh, and I had got tickets from one of the um, – the directors, Marty Miller, who I'm really close with, he started off as a camera guy with WWE and he moved from camera guy to director. And he always gave me good advice about uh, the behind the scenes stuff. And uh, he always likes my stuff on social media. So I hit him up. I said, hey, Marty, you mind if you can get me uh, two tickets and uh, sit me by the hard camera? That's the side where the camera is, because that's where I would sit at before the show and kind of map out what I want to do out there. And, uh, so he sat me there. Um, uh, I was hanging out watching the show and this is when I think Enzo had tried to steal the show on God, the survivors. Right, yeah. how, close were, how close were you to him? We were opposite of one another. Oh, right, I was yeah, by the camera. Right. right. He was on yeah. the other side. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So when I mentioned him, um, I said, you know, Enzo and I have different ways of expressing our passion for the business. I want to watch the show with my YouTube friend, as a fan and he wants to steal the show and not be invited back. So it's just, it is what it is. But, um, after the show was over, I met the security guards and they were like, man, how come you didn't tell us that you were here? And I said, Oh, I don't want to make a scene or anything. I just wanted to, uh, be low key and watch the show with my friend. And, uh, they were like, Oh, please come back to visit. And I said, Oh, all right. Well, you know, I'll come back to SmackDown, which was still, um, uh, at the Staples Center, so yeah. I was backstage and ha- hanging out with everyone, and everyone was just so genuinely nice and happy to see me because uh, I'm one of the really nice guys. Um, <laughs> uh, not to toot my own horn, but I'm 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 really well liked backstage because I'm very easygoing and I don't argue. I'm doing what I'm told, and I'm just I laugh at everyone's jokes, and um, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's that. Is is getting um, is getting back into wrestling in a full time capacity something that you're interested in? Well, 2018, I spent more time doing speaking engagements and uh, less wrestling. But 2019, yeah. moving forward, uh, you know, I want to do more. I, I want to let promotions know that you know whether it's ROH or New Japan. Um, uh, all all elite wrestling. Uh, just give me an yeah, opportunity. Man. I know. How about just, that? I have a lot left in the tank, and just just give me an opportunity. What do I got to do? I got to start at the bottom because I'm very uh, I'm not unfamiliar with that. So right. let me know. If you were to go someplace, you know, like Ring of Honor or or wherever, have you given any thought about uh, who you would be? Do you think your sexuality might be more at the forefront? Oh, I don't mind having fun with it. You know, at the end of the day, it's putting on a show. And, like, you want to have the people sitting on their hands or you want to have them on the edge of their seat. So, uh, you know, you know, you can have a little fun, you know? Yeah, I like that. I know. I mean, I, I think there's I, – I my my big dream and wish, and I, I think this will happen soon, is just to have some badass guy or girl who is LGBTQ and is a wrestler – and it's and everybody knows, and that's part of their storyline. But it's not their gimmick, you know. It's not their thing. They just happen to be gay. They happen to be a lesbian. They happen to be whatever. But they kick ass in the ring. I think that would be 
so cool, you know, and, and, and I, I don't know. I, I feel like we're, we're very close to that. And who knows? Maybe you're the one to do it. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I need that support. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, of course. I mean, you know, there's, it's a testament to, you know, how, how well liked you are and, and, and what an incredible performer you are that, you know, you're still kicking and you're still going. I mean, I've 2019 is going to be huge for you. I, I can only imagine, and I can't wait to see what's going to happen. Thank you. Thank you so much. And it's, you know, it, it, it goes without saying, obviously, on this podcast, but, you know, the stuff that you've done and, and, and the barriers that you've broke down have been so important, not just to me, but to so many people like me. And, and I'm sure to everybody listening to this podcast. So for me and, and from everybody listening, thank you. And I know that everybody has is, is got your back and we can't wait to see, you know, we're here at the start of 2019, where you're going to be at the end of this year. We can, uh, we can only imagine. We can't wait to find out. You know, I always say, you know, when you're with WWE, uh, you're making uh, you're making an honest living. Uh, You're very exclusive. So certain things you need permission to wipe your ass sometimes. Um, But me being able to share my story again, there's seven billion plus people on this planet. So I want everyone to hear hear uh, my story. I want everyone to. um, know about my block the hate movement. Um, just recently, I spoke to over 500 kids, um, 500 fifth graders, and you know, I touched upon my sexuality for the first time with you know younger kids, and it was so accepting. Um, my message was about you know, you, you might have freckles, you might have uh, uh, braces or something like that. You might get hated on for various reasons. You might have a speech impediment, but in order to be short and successful, you got to block the hate. So the block the hate is the equality sign, but it's equality for all. And that's done with my forearms. And I, at the end of the day, I want that to be the next middle finger. Um, <laughs> hashtag block the hate. Someone cut you off, throw, throw it up. Hashtag block the hate. I love that, man. That's the best. I, I can only imagine the impact that you had on those young kids. Like I said, I mean, it's that's where it's got to happen. And I think you know that better than anybody else. And, and you're putting it into action is really just is supporting young people and, and getting the message out there early. I think that's that's so cool and so important. Yes. And like I said, you know, um, being able to tell my story on your platform, you know, now I'm able to tell it on all platforms, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, like I said, with WWE, you need permission to do certain things, but you know, I always say, don't die with a story. Tell it. Absolutely, man. That's, that's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for your time. I I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. It it really means a lot to me. And, uh, like I said, sky's the limit for you in 2019, Jake Atlas as well, but we'll be watching both. We'll be watching both of you. Yes. Thank you. guys there you go thank you very much for listening i really appreciate it thank you most of all to mr fred rosser for the time like i said really was an honor to chat with him can't wait to see all that he's going to do in 2019 we'll be along for the journey thanks again guys for listening appreciate it for same team i am daniel trainer see you next time